Welcome to Fear and Greed, the week ahead. I'm Sean Aylmer, and as always, I'm joined by economist Stephen Kukoulis. You'll find him at thekook.com and on Twitter using the handle thekook. Stephen, I think I should change the intro for next week. What to? I'd be a bit nervous about what you might uh, include. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should just start talking about some of the war stories of yesteryear, perhaps. Oh, perhaps, yes. Well, before we started recording, we were sharing uh, a little story about seeing Midnight Oil and the Angels at the ANU Refectory, which was... Yeah, about 40-odd years ago for me, I yeah, think. That would have been 80s. That would have been 80s. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> wow. That would have been an incredible concert because they would have been at their prime, both those bands. They were and so was I, if the truth be known. <laughs> <laughs> More importantly. <laughs> Look, um, it's a huge week coming up with the CPI, but just before we get to it, the minutes of the Reserve Bank board meeting last week were kind of interesting. Yes, they changed their language and said that they're going to be hiking rates soon. So that being patient and waiting for the wages numbers to confirm that the underlying pressures on inflation are there has been dropped. Now, everybody's interpreted that to sort of uh, suggest that they're going to be hiking in June and hiking many times beyond that. The, the May board meeting, which is well next week, in fact, is probably still a no-go. But as we're going to touch on in a minute, if the inflation numbers come out, well above expectations and the pressure will be on them just to start the tightening cycle. Obviously, the, the election campaign is something that might get in its way. Okay, so let's jump into that because this is a very, very big week for the economists of the world like yourself because we have March inflation data out. Yes, and that's the thing. Unfortunately, Australia for the moment does not have a monthly inflation number from the Bureau of Statistics, uh, unlike the rest of the world where they get the monthly update. So, of course, uh, so in the US and well, every other major economy, they're seeing the numbers for January, February, and even March in many countries have, have already come out. So we've sort of been waiting to get this March quarter number. But every forecast that I've seen uh, on the consensus is that we're going to be getting the annual increase in the headline inflation rate, something around about 4.5, 4 4.6, 4.7, just a, a, approximately. You know, we know that petrol prices were very elevated in the March quarter and a whole lot of other prices are increasing as well. So that's fine. And we can understand the headline inflation numbers being very high, but in underlying terms, which sort of takes out the effect of petrol or tobacco taxes and these sorts of things. So it's truly the demand pressures in the economy that lead to the trimmed mean underlying inflation rate. Even that's going to be above 3% for the first time in uh, in about a decade. And uh, of course, when you've got inflation above the top end of the target band, the pressure's on the RBA to, well, to start its hiking cycle. I suppose it I mean the Reserve Bank has continually said it wants to see inflation sustainably within the two to three percent band and uh, wages above three percent in the three to four percent band. What this does do potentially is give it the green light. It does, and the funny thing about that, and you're quite right to say that in terms of the inflation readings, they do want to see it sustainably within the band. Uh, we've gone from a period six months ago where inflation was below the bottom of the band yeah. to the to the reading that we're going to be seeing uh, on Wednesday this week, where it's going to be above the band. So it didn't really spend any time at all uh, in, in the band. So again, the the change in the inflation momentum globally has been phenomenal. It's, it's been an extraordinary thing that we were all worried uh, six months ago that we had this disinflation, deflationary pressures dogging the global economy. But now we've got the position where a combination of supply chain issues, which I think was a trigger. The pump priming of the economies, don't forget too, with the COVID crisis around the world, we had global central banks setting rates at or, at or about zero. We had fiscal policy sort of injecting literally trillions of dollars into the global economy. And I think 
you know, economics still works. Uh, it's inflated things. And then, of course, the Russia-Ukraine disaster has seen a lot of energy prices spiking, a lot of other prices moving high because of the problems that are occurring in you know, global distribution chains. So whatever the reason, if you like, that we do know that inflation is high, elevated, and the RBA is sort of Maybe they've been caught flat-footed, but they, they do need to hike. A 0.1% cash rate when you've got inflation above target, unemployment at, at 4% and falling, wages probably picking up, if all the anecdotes that I hear are correct, that we're going to be seeing the wage pressures increasing dramatically in the next couple of quarters. They just have to start. So we get that figure out later this week. The Reserve Bank Board meets next week. Now, the I suppose the consensus view is that they won't lift rates in an election cycle. Of course, they have previously... And to be honest, I would have thought it was political to make a decision not to lift rates because there's an election cycle on. Shouldn't they just be ignoring that totally and just doing what the economy needs? Well, our old friend Glenn Stevens was the one in 2007 that hiked rates, uh, I think about 12 days or 17 days before the uh, election day. And he said, well, if I don't do my job, the people of Australia are going to hold me to account for not tightening policy. His job is to manage demand and meet the inflation and unemployment targets. So, so he did it. So you're quite right. Holding off would be a political decision in itself. Hiking is a political decision. So in, in a sense, they've just got to do their job. And as I've noted elsewhere, yeah, the ABS still published data, which can have an influence on election outcomes. You know, the inflation number itself or the next uh, unemployment number, which comes a week before polling day, will be really important. So, you know, public institutions still need to do their job. And for for the RBA, they could actually paint it as a really good story. This is the thing that I find a little confusing, that, you know, we are pleased that inflation's hit our target earlier than we were thinking. We're pleased that the unemployment rate's fallen to 4% much, much earlier than we than we thought. And we're pleased that the economy's recovering from COVID in a, in a solid sort of way. So it's actually a good news story that you know, we tend to sort of have the negative effects of rate hikes hitting first home buyers and business borrowing costs, but it's actually a, a good story. Yeah, I mean, home loan rates are so low, they can go up 2% and still be historically low. Yes, so. yeah, that's the extraordinary thing Yeah, that with the rate cuts that we saw during COVID and even just immediately prior to the COVID crisis hitting, you know, if interest rates go up to, what, 4 4.5% for mortgages, that's a stunningly low rate still. Yeah, yeah. Look, the other, just very quickly, the PPI, the Producer Price Index, that's kind of interesting because we're starting to see uh, anecdotally, at least, companies coming out. Brambles did it last week. The supermarkets done it, saying, "Hey, look, our input costs are, are rising. Therefore, we need to increase the price of the products we do." And in Brambles' case, they make pallets. They've increased the price of pallets. They told the market last week its share price went up eight percent. Um, <laughs> so that PPI sort of will start to see that officially, rather than just anecdotally. Indeed, and producer prices are, yes, they're the um, cost of goods and services that go into the production process. So, yeah, again, the headline one's energy prices, but as we're seeing in the global commodity cycle, wheat prices are, are elevated, nickel and these other prices. So if you're making bread or stainless steel or whatever, and their inputs into your business model, then you're confronting higher inflation. And that's where the PPI is such an important indicator as well. Stephen, have a great week. I look forward to talking to you next week after we've uh, seen what those CPI figures say. Looking forward to it, Sean. Thank you. That was economist Stephen Kukulis, better known as The Kook. You can find him at thekook.com, T-H-E-K-O-U-K, thekook.com, and follow him on Twitter using the handle The Kook. I'm Sean Elmer, and this is Fear and Greed, the week ahead. 